0: I want to talk a little bit today about the holiday of Tu B'Shvat, the New Year for Trees, which is a very significant Kabbalistic holiday, which we just experienced yesterday. And I want to tie it in also a little bit to this week's Torah portion, which is Parshas B'Shalach. This Shabbos is very unique in that it has a name. There are only a few Shabboses throughout the year that are called by a special name. There's Shabbos Tshuva before Yom Kippur, the Shabbos of Repentance. There's Shabbos Hagadol, the Great Shabbos before Passover. And this week's Shabbos is called Shabbos Shira, the Shabbos of Psalm. And I want to share with you an insight into the idea of what song is all about as well. So very interesting that we're celebrating a Rosh Hashanah, a New Year's for Trees, What's significant about trees? And I want to share with you an idea that it says in the Torah that when the world was originally created, the fruit and the tree were supposed to taste the same. And that's a very strange statement. It says that it didn't actually end up that way in this world, but in the next world, in Olam Haba, in the future existence, messianic era, world to come, the fruit and the tree will taste same. The same. That means you can eat the bark. Very, very strange. Let's try to understand what that means. What's the significance of fruit? So, fruit represents eternity, fruit represents our future existence, the future world to come, where we enjoy the fruits of our labor. It represents passing down our existence forever. It's a taste of the world to come. It's a taste of eternity. That's the sweetness of fruit. The tree, on the other hand, represents the journey. It's hard. It's tasteless. It's bitter. It's rough. That's the bark of the tree. And in this world, often it's difficult to see the sweetness that's coming at the end of the journey. We don't always recognize that there will be sweetness. The Torah teaches us that in the next world, we're going to see the sweetness. The sweetness of what? The sweetness of the bark. That through that hardness, that the difficulties in our life, the challenges, the bitterness, actually was sweet. We don't always recognize it, but it's through the hard times that's when we grow. That's when we truly become great. That's when it bring, we bring out the latent potential that we have within each and every one of us. It's through the hard times that true greatness comes out. And in the next world, we're gonna see the sweetness of every experience that we've been through in our life and recognize that it's actually through the journey that we got to our destination. So that's, that's the metaphor of fruit and trees. Why are we celebrating the new year of trees in the dead of winter. So the Talmud explains that it's specifically right now that the sap underneath the surface of the tree begins to rise up. And for those who are in the maple syrup business, they know, and I don't know if you've ever had the experience of going to tap a maple tree, but it's an incredible experience in the middle of winter. This incredible sweet sap starts pouring out of the tree. That sap represents the growth. It's going to lead to the fruit. And it represents the sweetness that's underneath the surface. The message for us from Tu is that in the darkest times in our life, in the winters of our life, the seeds of salvation are already being planted. It's in the dark times that the greatness comes out, that the sweetness comes out. It's beginning to begin to be cultivated and aroused but it's underneath the surface you're not going to see it yet until springtime in springtime the leaves will come forth but underneath the surface in the darkest times life is beginning to be developed in judaism night always comes before the day because you have to go through the darkness in order to experience light now in this week's Torah portion the Jewish people go through the the slavery of egypt through, they go through the hard times of 210 years of slavery the death of a whole generation of children of boys and then they come out you imagine that anticipation of going into freedom to suddenly come face to face with a sea the Egyptian army is enclosing behind them. There's no place to turn. What was it all for? It's all for naught. We're going to be killed here at the sea. And then one Jew says, I'm going in. And the Talmud, the Talmud tells us that it was only when the water reached his neck that the sea miraculously split. Sometimes in life, it looks like we have no place to turn. It looks like we're surrounded on all edges ends by obstacles. Sometimes you have to just keep walking forward through the darkness into the sea and it's then and only then that you experience miracles. The idea of singing as the Jewish people went through the sea they sang and the Talmud says this is the first time in history that true music, true song came out. What's the idea of song? Song is a place comes from a place of true feeling of true emotion of true joy sometimes sadness but song comes from the depths of the soul i heard it said by a great rabbi that someone who doesn't understand music doesn't understand the language of the soul but there's something very interesting to point out why was this the moment to sing because what's the difference between noise and music noise my kids banging on pots and pans one note here one note there another note what connects those notes to become music as opposed to noise and the answer is is the connection between the notes music requires three dimensions harmony rhythm and melody essentially what those things do is connect the high points and the low points In a orderly fashion. Song is recognizing that everything is connected. The suffering that we went through in Egypt. Was with a purpose. Somehow it all fits together. Those moments in your life when you recognize that the hardships you went through. Are part of a bigger picture. That's when song comes out. And. The Talmud tells us that this song that Moses and the Jewish people sang when going through the sea is also an an allusion to the song that the world will sing in the Messianic era. When we can look back at all of human history and see that everything happened for a reason. Coronavirus, a Holocaust, Crusades, Spanish Inquisitions, slavery in egypt destruction of the temple all of it was for a reason to bring us and to bring the world to the ultimate place of completion which is the messianic era when everything will come together as one that's the message of song that's the message of tuba according to kabbalah we're supposed to eat 30 fruits on tuba and these fruits are broken down into three different categories of ten, representing different spiritual elements. The fruit that represents the most highest spiritual world is fruit that's completely eaten. The whole thing is edible, like uh, like an apple, a uh, grape. The next world, spiritual world, which is a world with a little bit of physicality is represented by fruits that have a hard pit that's like a plum or a peach and then this world the world of action is represented by fruits that are surrounded by a hard shell because in this world in order for something to come into this world in order for something great to come in this, uh, into this world it has to be covered up it has to be hidden it has to be protected by a shell like a walnut or an almond because the greater the thing is the more concealed it is in the world that we live in we live in the world of concealment so when we break through that hard shell that hard exterior that bitterness that darkness that rough journey we we if we hang hang on we will reveal the sweetness of the fruit that's lying within and that is the sweetness of our eternal world, the sweetness of our future, because our next world is the world that comes from the work and the spiritual development and the refinement that we do in this world. We're literally building our next world. And when we taste the fruit of our accomplishments, we're literally tasting and building the relationship with spirituality and the Creator that we will enjoy in the next world. And I want to just conclude with a beautiful piece of Talmud, just a beautiful, beautiful idea that two rabbis were departing from each other and one of them said, please give me a blessing. And he said to him, let me tell you a metaphor. There was once a, a man who was walking in the desert and he was hungry and thirsty and tired. And he found a tree in the desert whose fruit was sweet. It's shade was beautiful and pleasant And water, streams of water were passing underneath it. He ate from its fruit, he drank from the water, and then he sat and slept in the shade of the tree. And when he got up to leave, he said to the tree, Elon, Elon, Bama Avarechacha, tree, tree, with what can I bless you? If I say to you that your fruit is sweet, it already is sweet. If I say to you that your that your shade should be pleasant. Your shade is already pleasant. If I give you a blessing that water should run underneath you. Well there already is water running underneath you. So how can I bless you? Ella yihi Ratson, Rather let it be the will of the creator. That all saplings that come forth from you. You kamoscha should be like you. Says the rabbi to his friend. Afata. so to you. How can I bless you? If I can't bless you with Torah, you already have Torah. I can't bless you with wealth. You already have wealth. And I can't bless you with children because you already have wonderful children. Rather, I will bless you as follows. Yehi ratzom. It should be God's will. Shehi tzei me'ech. That the descendants of your loins should be kamoscha. That your children should be like you and even greater. When we say children... In the Torah, we're referring to your actions, your good deeds, because that's really our children. Your good deeds should be like you. They should be a reflection of who you truly are. Your actions should flow from your deepest place of connection to who you are, and you should see the goodness in this world, the sweetness in this world, and ultimately in in the next world where we connect to who we really are, the existence when the physicality becomes stripped away, and it's us with ourselves, with our soul, with our true self. And whatever connection we built to our soul in this world, that's what we will enjoy in the next world. I want to wish you a beautiful Shabbos. Shabbos is called Me'ain Olam Haba. Shabbos is a taste of the world to come because Shabbos is not a day off. Shabbos is a day on. Shabbos is a day that comes from the journey. It's the destination at the end of the six days of the week when we celebrate our accomplishments of the week, our spiritual growth, our fruit, which is the greatest accomplishments. How much did we grow? Who are we tonight? Who are we going to be tonight that we weren't last Friday night? And that's the idea of Shabbos is tasting the world to come, tasting the sweetness. And that's why there's a mitzvah to enjoy Shabbos. And there are those who say that if you don't enjoy Shabbos, you're not going to enjoy the next world because the next world is just a world that's all Shabbos. It's a world without physicality, without work. It's a world of connection, connection to ourselves, connection to others, and connection to God. That's what Shabbos is all about. I want to wish you a beautiful Shabbos. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. And we will all be blessed to see the sweetness of our actions in this world and the sweetness that comes through the hard times, ultimately, which make us who we really are, which make us great.